The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. We did a lot of coverage in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. The two or three days after the Super Bowl, we talked about the game, talked about the commercials, talked about the national anthem. And one thing that we spoke about, I spoke about it with both Governor Patterson and Brian Kilmeade, is this horrible image, at least I think it's a horrible image, of star Kansas City Chiefs player Travis Kelsey screaming at his coach, Andy Reid, and seeming to shove him. Well, an interesting thing has happened over the last two weeks. That image, the image of Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid, has become an image that people are using for everything. To uh, talk about political issues, to talk about sports issues, theological issues, literally anything. They put a caption under Kelsey, they put a caption under Andy Reid sometimes, basically symbolizing that they're shouting and frustrated at something. Well, even some New York City agencies are getting in on the act using this viral image of Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid during the Super Bowl. The Department of Transportation last week put up that photo along with the comment in capital letters, outdoor dining takes up less than 0.5% of street parking in New York City. Public spaces for everyone, not just cars, along with a photo of Kelsey on the sidelines uh, screaming at a stone-faced Andy Reid. Some critics of DOT slammed them for using the photo of Kelsey barking at his coach to drive home these anti-car policies. For instance, City Councilman Robert Holden tweeted, instead of focusing on filling potholes and installing speed bumps in a timely manner, the DOT prefers to tweet nonsense that New Yorkers could care less about. The Department of Transportation Alternatives needs a major change in leadership. His having some fun with the name there is basically his way of saying that they take their cue from this group Transportation Alternatives, which is very anti-car. A spokesman for the DOT quipped that he's notoriously bad at lip-reading, but I think it's a safe assumption that Travis Kelsey was vociferously expressing his support for outdoor dining in New York City. Putting aside the debate over outdoor dining and who should get to set up these outdoor dining sheds or anything like that. I think Holden is exactly right. The DOT is one of the most incompetent and inefficient agencies we have. And I say this as someone that has pretty close friends that work there and have worked there over the years. This agency is a disaster. Holden's right. They can't put up speed bumps on time. They can't fill potholes on time. It takes forever even to get a letter back. And not just if you're a regular New Yorker. I'm talking even as an elected official. They're one of the least responsive city agencies there are. And even the good people in DOT get drowned out by all this bureaucracy. So I agree with Holden. Should they really be wasting their time tweeting this nonsense? I don't think so. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good. 
Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Moreno. This will come as no surprise to any pizza-loving New Yorker. But New Yorkers are forking over more dough for their dough. One of the most interesting and most obvious, quite honestly, articles that I read over the weekend was that New Yorkers are paying more now than ever for their slice of the pizza pie. New York has been named the most expensive pizza city in the country in a new survey of America's leading pizza capitals. New Yorkers are now regularly forking over $33.65 and I can vouch for this especially in Manhattan for a one topping pie on average that is more money than anywhere else in the 50 states according to uh, research at Midtown's Zillions Pizza a New York Post staffer found the establishment living up to its name, having been charged nearly $34 for a large pepperoni. And this is not unique to Midtown. This is all over Manhattan. The outer boroughs, depending on where you go and what you're ordering, you can get a little bit of a break. The other thing I've noticed is a lot of places, especially near me, have kept their prices the same or raised them a little bit, but they give you a little bit less. The pizza pies are a little bit smaller. A regular pie is all of a sudden what a small pie used to be. I think President Biden called that shrinkflation. But this survey, conducted on behalf of real estate website Cleaver, also revealed prices for the iconic meal, pizza, were rising faster nationally than overall inflation. Overall, inflation is at 3.5%, whereas pizza Pizza inflation is going to 4%, not unlike New York's housing prices. And while sticker shock may be the new normal, some experts think the hikes make sense. Scott Weiner, the owner of Scott's Pizza Tours, who is one of the best pizza experts around, he's been a guest on this show, said pizza prices have been pretty low and it's not a surprise to see them finally going up. You know what I'll say? New York pizza is, as far as I'm concerned, the best in the world. Even better than Italy, I think. And if this is what it costs to maintain New York's quality of great pizza, this is not going to be the issue I grab my pitchfork over. Would I like to pay a little less for pizza? Of course. But really, the quality of a New York slice is so much better than what you're getting elsewhere, in my opinion. So I'm not going to be shedding any tears when I have to fork over $33 for a one-topping pie. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Do you remember when we told you about the do-over election for the mayor of Bridgeport, Connecticut, because of all the shenanigans that took place in the primary, they had to have a whole new primary, which is incredibly rare. Well, now election regulators, you can't make this stuff up, folks, are investigating new complaints of irregularities, this time involving the do-over Democratic primary, which took place on January 23rd. The State Election Enforcement Commission is looking into 11 complaints, including one involving an absentee ballot cast despite the applicant dying while waiting for the ballot. So somehow, the person that applied for this absentee ballot died before the absentee ballot got to them, and yet they still cast 
a vote. The complaints were referred by monitors appointed by the Secretary of State, Stephanie Thomas. The mayor, Joe Ganim, defeated challenger John Gomez for the Democratic nomination, but the two men are going to face off again seven days from now in the February 27th general election. Gomez will be on the ballot as the independent party candidate. One of the complaints involves a woman who died on January 11th. The city received her application for an absentee ballot on January 10th, the day prior. Bridgeport also received her completed ballot on January 19th. That vote was eventually removed from the total. Other allegations involve city council members. Democratic Registrar of Voters Pat Howard notified Thomas's office that another woman voted by absentee ballot, which the city received on January 16th. The city also received an application to change her party with both Democrat and Republican marked. Councilwoman Maria Pereira signed both, claiming she provided assistance, but the woman denied ever wanting to change her party affiliation. There are a number of other complaints about this. Gomez, though, is calling for transparency and accountability. What a mess. You know, this is really embarrassing that there are so many shenanigans in our elections in the 21st century, and a major city like Bridgeport, Connecticut can't even seem to get its act together to nominate candidates and run an election fairly and without controversy. My goodness. Beam me up! Unfortunately, to be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. We've been talking a great deal about the recent civil verdict against the Trump organization and President Trump, which resulted in him having to pay a $355 million fine. And a lot of people are very concerned about this. I brought this up with Richard Bay when he was on the program yesterday. And Governor Kathy Hochul addressed New York business owners in an interview and told them there was nothing to worry about after former President Trump was hit with the fine. She joined John Katsimatidis on the Cats Roundtable Sunday morning, and she was asked if other business people should be worried. And essentially, she told them not to worry and reassured them that uh, nobody's coming after them. Well... A New York judge ordered Trump to pay this massive sum in penalties in a civil fraud case. The decision coming just weeks after closing arguments wrapped up a months-long trial based on a suit brought by Attorney General Letitia James alleging Trump falsely altered his net worth to receive tax and insurance benefits. So Hochul said there's no way she would overrule and Gorin's decision because we need a clear separation of power. She added, that's what was envisioned by our founding fathers. But I think what she is saying here by essentially telling New York businesses, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Even if you're doing this sort of thing, you don't need to leave the state of New York. I think this actually bolsters the case that this was political persecution. What if someone who's a wealthy real estate entrepreneur in New York state runs for president again and runs afoul of the Democratic power brokers that run this city and this state? Will Letitia James and other investigative authorities run through all of their assets with a fine-tooth comb the way they did with Donald Trump, it has a very bad look. It looks like if Letitia James and others like her don't like you politically, then... 
you're going to have to make sure all of your businesses are on the up and up. But if you're not running for office, if you don't run afoul of the Democratic power brokers, then just keep doing what you're doing. And with a wink and a nod, we'll make sure no one bothers you. It has a very bad look to it. And I'm surprised, honestly, that she was so open about this with John Katsimatidis. Beam me up. To be continued. 